Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. A common sentiment expressed by Aikido practitioners is that Aikido is a complete art. It lacks nothing in terms of a martial art, and it is a comprehensive set of skills. In today's podcast, I'm going to scrutinize this claim. I most often hear this statement not in person, but in online discussions about Aikido. It's my observation that online discussions can get very confrontational and the topic of Aikido can turn sideways very quickly. Discussions often turn into pissing matches between critics and devoted followers. One of the most legitimate criticisms of Aikido is that it is not a complete art. It is missing a great deal of necessary skills and techniques which are crucial to make it a well-rounded martial art. Some Aikido practitioners do not respond well to this assertion and adamantly argue that it is a complete art and needs nothing more than what it has already. What does Aikido focus on? I'll put the philosophy stuff aside and just focus on the physical for a moment because that's the main thrust of the criticism. I think I can objectively say that no other art does joint locks quite as well as Aikido. The instructors and senior martial artists I have met and trained with in person generally accept this and almost all will say pretty confidently that you don't want to get caught in a joint lock by an experienced Aikidoka. If you do, it will go very poorly for you. After joint locks, I would say that Aikido's second specialty is throws. It has some great and powerful throws, some of which are unique to it, or at least that you rarely see in other martial arts. There are some which are common to other arts too. Overall, Aikido seems to be made up mostly of joint locks and throwing techniques. There are pins too, but I don't view pins as separate techniques. They are how techniques get finished. When I look at Aikido objectively, I cannot say that it has better throws than Judo does. They're different, but I must credit Judo with having some very effective and powerful throws which are well proven against resisting opponents. I think Judo does a bit better with throws in general, and that has to do partly with the fact that it is Judo's specialty. Aikido's throws tend to be different from Judo in two ways, despite having a great deal in common. What Aikido and Judo have in common is the focus on efficiency and taking balance to set up throws. Where they differ is that Judo heavily focuses on grabbing the gi, or uniform, to set up and help with throws. Judo also differs in that it specializes in being face-to-face with an opponent. Aikido tends to throw more from the flank or behind an attacker than being in the clinch. This is a generalization, of course, but that's just my observation. Can a martial artist who only knows joint locks and throws consider himself well-rounded? In my opinion, no, and not even close. It really doesn't matter how good they are at those joint locks and throws either. To not have a decent level of training in all aspects of hoplology, which is the study of human combative behavior, is to be incomplete from a martial arts standpoint. You can say the same thing of someone who only knew how to kick. They call such fighters and martial artists as one-dimensional. If an attacker can either take someone like that away from their specialty or circumstances never let them employ it, then defeat is very likely. This can happen quite quickly and be a blowout. Back when I was competing, every fighter had their specialties, things they were good at. Some loved playing at the edge of range and we called them snipers. Others liked fighting in close and excelled at it. If their specialty matched up with what you had no experience in, it was game over very quickly. Mind you, I'm talking about a sport application here. There was very little surprise involved. You always knew a fight was about to happen, and you had at least a minute or two to size up your opponent to get an estimate of what you were probably in for. 
either because you had seen them fight or fought them before. In real life, you can be attacked without any preparation or warning. You may have only a few seconds to eye up an attacker and get an idea of what you're in for. Is he going to punch you or tackle and grapple you? Both of these are quite common. If you are going to use your martial art to defend yourself, you must be trained in all the attack styles you could be faced with. This means the broad spectrum of hoplology. Many Aikido practitioners state that the attacks of Shomenuchi, Yokomenuchi, and Ski represent the three basic attack lines of a straight down from the top attack, a swinging attack, and a straight line direct attack, respectively. They say that these three stylized attacks are accurate representations of most all attacks, and since they train techniques against them, that they are well prepared for most any attack. This claim is not true, and I would say it's a dangerously false belief. While the basic idea of attack lines is valid, there are many attacks which don't use the three basic lines, even if you stick only to punches or attacks delivered with the arms. I've even seen instructors say that kicks follow these same attack lines, and that the same techniques you would use against punches would work against kicks. In my experience, this is not true. Kicks are set up differently and look different than punches do. Grappling setups look different from punching or kicking. If you don't train against these specifically, you will not be as quick to recognize and respond to an attack that you're not used to seeing. If you stylize your practice too much, your eye will not pick up the nuances very well. In a real attack, opportunities to act correctly come and go in the blink of an eye. One missed opportunity can mean the difference between survival and defeat. A year or two ago, I had heard that the Aikikai had removed or was in the process of removing chokes from its curriculum as well as koshinages, which are hip throws. This was a rumor, and I came to learn that the rumor was partially true. What I was told that I believe it was the University of Tokyo Aikido group had experienced a number of injuries related to koshinage throws. To ensure the safety of the students in that group, they were to be removed from the curriculum. I have not heard confirmation of this or whether this removal covered what was practiced at Hambu or not. Hambu is Aikikai's headquarters dojo. To this day, I have not gotten firm confirmation of whether chokes are officially removed either. What I have noticed is that few Aikido practitioners are familiar with good choking techniques. A few are, but it seems that chokes are treated as though they are too harmful and go against the peace message, so Aikidoka tend to turn their nose up at them. My thoughts on Aikido's koshinage is that it is fussy and problematic. That could be that I'm six foot four inches tall and getting my hips under somebody else's is tricky. I can do it pretty easily when in a cooperative training mode, but once I tell Uke to go live, Aikido's version of koshinage becomes nearly impossible to execute properly. I have pretty much abandoned it in favor of the more reliable and efficient hip throws from judo. I bring these rumors up not because it is firmly true that the Aikikai is guilty of removing techniques from its curriculum. The rumors may be partially true or not. What I have noticed is that Aikido appears to have gradually narrowed its focus over time since Osensei's passing. It has happened very slowly and I believe so slowly that it has been largely unnoticed except by the minority of practitioners who have been practicing for decades or more. On occasion I have heard them reminisce about the greater variety of training they did back in the day. If you look at Aikido as a backyard, the border fence seems to have been slowly moved in ever closer, making the yard smaller and smaller. It might be a very nice and well-groomed yard, but there's a lot that's missing from it. The arguments about Aikido being a complete art appear to come from pride, and the perceived offense of the art being disrespected. Leaving emotion aside, the critics do have a valid point. 
Aikido could stand improvement in its curriculum to be more well-rounded. I think this is where Aikido has the greatest opportunity to grow. It should have answers for dealing with a wrestler, a boxer, a kicker, or jiu-jitsu practitioner. We must learn enough of their arts to know their vulnerabilities and how to capitalize on them. We must know their strengths to skillfully avoid them or blunt their advantage. We must train an analysis of what an attacker shows and the techniques to deal with them. We must be able to execute them smoothly without thought or hesitation. To me, that's what being a well-rounded martial artist is. The last bastion of argument against this concept by Aikido practitioners is that Aikido is not about that. It's not about fighting and not a martial art. When I hear this, I realize that they have lost the argument. It means they have no care or concern about self-defense and that their Aikido is not a martial art to them. It's either an exercise program, a philosophy, a quasi-religion, or a social club where they can play samurai dress-up. If they're happy with it, then that's good for them. But it is bad for the art when they imply or outright claim that they are studying the martial art of Aikido. The ego doesn't like to admit weakness or failure. The fact that they get upset by the criticism means their ego is fighting what is pretty clearly true. It is pride that makes them fight to defend their precious beliefs, beliefs which are demonstrably false. The last point I want to mention is that many of Osensei's students came to him with robust martial experience already. Many had experience in judo, sumo, or other competitive arts. It's very likely that he saw this and did not bother including in his curriculum what they had already. He did what any teacher would likely do, which is augment their current skills with what he felt they were missing. Such a curriculum is insufficient for teaching students with no such background or experience. They will have gaping holes in their abilities unless the curriculum is adjusted to include what those earlier students came in with already. I've seen little to indicate that Osensei's curriculum was ever adjusted to account for this. To this day, it appears that no significant effort has been made to do so. Some instructors and dojos have, but not enough to say that Aikido in general has. Aikido can either go on being a specialty art which teaches a subset of the spectrum of martial arts, or it can expand its yard to encompass more broad and general skills. I admit that this is my interest and path, but I understand that it's not for everyone. While you should consider what your personal interest and path is, also consider what is better for the art going into the future. Will Aikido flourish as it ignores more and more of the martial arts world and becomes less and less relevant to self-defense? Would Aikido be stronger in the future if it could give practitioners potent tools against all manner of attacks? As you contemplate these questions, try to put emotion and ego aside and look at them objectively. What do you think? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube or BitChute, or go to the Facebook group Aikido the Martial Side and post a comment. The Spirit Aikido online program is now live. Subscribers get access to video training and mentoring to techniques and training methods I've adopted from other martial arts to make my Aikido more practical. There is a link in the description section. I invite you to check it out. I always enjoy hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.